When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll revisit the prospect showdown in Miami and take a close look at Kyle Freeland's resurgence. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Michael Beller and Al Melchior here with you on Thursday, August 26th. Let's jump right into the news and notes. As usual, Jack Flaherty and Tristan McKenzie both going to the IL with shoulder issues. Trevor Story exited Game 2 of a doubleheader against the Cubs with leg discomfort. Ian Anderson and Matthew Boyd are both going to make their returns from the IL on Sunday. Anderson gets the Giants in his return. Boyd gets the Blue Jays. Kevin Biggio, speaking of the Blue Jays, has a grade one elbow sprain, injured himself in a rehab game on Sunday. Jacob DeGrom played catch for the first time since July, so maybe we see him at some point uh, for the remainder of the season. We could also see his teammate Noah Syndergaard. He's going to begin a rehab assignment on Thursday at High A Brooklyn. He's just going to throw one inning there, but baby steps definitely are steps in the right direction for Syndergaard. Yadier Molina retiring after the 2022 season, currently 12th among catchers in 5x5 Roto Value. Moving on to our usual closer segment, Hansel Robles pitched the top of the 10th after Boston tied the game in the 9th, gave up five runs including homers to Josh Donaldson and Jake Cave. Adam Adovino pitched Monday and Tuesday, so perhaps he wasn't available in this one. Uh, Al, does it feel like he's the next guy up with Matt Barnes struggling also? I think Adovino is the next uh, the next one up for uh, the save opportunities, and uh, it kind of looked that way all along, but with Robles bailing out Matt Barnes just one night before, it looked like maybe he would insert himself into the picture. Uh, this definitely doesn't hurt or doesn't help Robles' case for more uh, save opportunities. So, uh, you know, I'll just uh, hold with what we've been saying for a few days now, that uh, Adovino is the reliever to target right now in the Red Sox bullpen. In game one of that Cubs and Rockies doubleheader, Cody Hoyer set up for Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan got the save in game one. Looked like Hoyer was maybe transitioning into a role in which he was the more often than not closer for the Cubs, and that could still be the case, but it just also looks like the Cubs aren't going to have a dedicated closer for the rest of this season. Richard Blyer pitched in the top of the ninth against Washington in a tie game. Are you taking anything away from that one, Al? Uh, nothing more than just that. Really, I think both of these situations, the Cubs and Marlins, are ones to watch a little bit. Uh, you know, particularly if you're in a weekly league and you're anticipating maybe uh, bidding on some relievers uh, coming up in this weekend's Fab. That uh, these are situations where you know maybe if you need a stray save here or there, uh, these are situations where maybe there's a reliever that that can help you out. I, I still think that Hoyer and Anthony Bender are the primary closers uh, in these respective situations, but it might maybe a little more wide open than it looked uh, initially. All right, Al, time for Wednesday's standouts. We start with the hitters. Brandon Marsh going three for four with his first home run at Baltimore. 22 for 55, 
two steals uh, over his last uh, stretch of play here. Does have 25 Ks against just four walks in that time. Can you live with that? Can you live with that K to walk ratio when he's hitting this well? I honestly don't know that I can, Michael. Uh, and I saw you know a little bit of uh, Twitter hype going on for uh, Brandon Marsh, uh, particularly in uh, light of this performance. And the strikeout rate has just been really high for him all along since the Angels called him up. So you can only bab it for so long at this rate. Uh, so you know we'll see. We'll see how Marsh finishes out the week. But I'm not necessarily uh, making it a priority to try to pick him up this weekend. Connor Joe keeps on rolling, hit his eighth homer. This was a grand slam against the Cubs in game two of the doubleheader. That's his third homer on the road, eighth of the season. So he's doing an equal opportunity, hitting on the road, hitting at home, not just taking advantage of that Coors air. Uh, Is there any reason that anyone should still be holding out on Connor Joe, or is this someone who pretty much should be rostered across the board? I think maybe not across the board, but, uh, you know, definitely with that uh, closer to even split than you might have expected in terms of home versus road home runs. Uh, Definitely is an eye opener for me. And the thing that I'm still watching pretty closely here is uh, when Rymel Tapia will return some chance he comes back next week. Uh, And uh, the way Joe's hitting, I think that there's there's got to be some way to keep him in the lineup, but might be a little less playing time for him, you know, a week's time from now. It's been a mostly brutal season for Ian Happ, but he has been turning it on of late, and he continued that on Wednesday. Went two for five with a homer and a steal in game two against the Rockies. He's 15 for his last 47 with four homers in that stretch. He's going to be sitting out there in a lot of leagues. Al, are you buying back in if you need some help, in especially the power department? I might be. Um, definitely in, in deeper leagues where Hap is available. I definitely want to snap him up as soon as possible. And uh, just another case of a player that uh, we have the luxury to watch maybe the next few days before Sunday Fab rolls around. See if he can keep the streak going because maybe he starts to work his way into the 12-team conversation. I just don't think Hap's there quite yet. Yeah, I don't think he is either, but good to see him hitting after what I said was been a mostly terrible season. Paul Goldschmidt had a two-homer game. He's now up to 21 homers and a 282 batting average on the season. On the other side of that game, we had Tarek Skubal pitching, and Skubal did it again, Al. Five innings, did give up two runs in those five innings, but just three hits, 10 Ks against one walk. We talked about him as a shallow league streamer, and even maybe that was a little bit ambitious because Skubal rostered in a whole lot of leagues. And going to be someone who's interesting to look at when we get into 2022 rankings, which, you know, frankly, we're not too far away from. <laughs> no, we're not. It's definitely coming up. Uh, in fact, I'm starting to see a little bit of that already. Uh, but yeah, great performance. And yeah, you link the two together. I mean, if you take Goldschmidt out of the equation, then, you know, Scoobles got five scoreless innings with one hit allowed. So Goldschmidt doing almost the entirety of the damage there. So I, you know, I'll just say I was wrong about Scoobles. I thought he was done for, for 2021 in terms of being relevant outside of deeper leagues. And he's putting together another nice string of starts. Robbie Ray with just a monster start against the White Sox. Uh, uh, Lucas Giolito, not so bad on the other side of this game, but Ray definitely stole the show. One run on five hits in seven innings, struck out 14 and walked just one in his last five, a 1.59 ERA across 34 innings, 42 Ks against seven walks in that time. Robbie Ray, I mean, the Blue Jays just hitting on a lot of their recent acquisitions. Robbie Ray, chief among them, having just an excellent, excellent season for the Blue Jays. Blake Snell finally bouncing back a little bit. Seven and two-thirds innings pitched against the Dodgers. Gave up one run on three hits. Struck out ten. Walked none in his last five L. 29 and two-thirds with a 2.12 ERA. 44 strikeouts against ten walks. Is he back inside the circle of trust? 
He is. Uh, Blake Snell is. And, you know, the the takeaway here is that, look, I don't know that it was necessarily wrong to be dropping Blake Snell like three, four weeks ago, uh, given the extended period. But you can't, the takeaways, you just can't rule out a bounce back for somebody who has shown uh, ability before. And uh, just think about how impatient a lot of us got with Luis Castillo. He's been on a good run now for a while now, but it seemed interminable when Castillo couldn't get it going. So it was, you know, multiply that by two or more for mm-hmm. uh, for Blake Snell and his fantasy managers, uh, but you know those who kept the faith are getting um, uh, pay you know getting getting the reward uh, in in a big way. The the walks are under control. You can live with the walk right now. Let's move over to Miami and Washington, a matchup that maybe we're going to see for years to come. Josiah Gray and Edward Cabrera. Both guys looked good in this game. Gray looked a little bit better, which maybe is to be expected given that he's been in the majors for a little bit longer. Uh, Six innings, uh, gave up two runs on five hits, walked three, struck out seven. Cabrera making his major league debut, not so bad. Six and a third innings, uh, gave up three runs and four hits. Two of those hits were home runs, three walks, two K's on the other side. So uh, Gray, we already know Cabrera sent back down after the start, but is he someone who you're looking at into the future, Al, into the future, meaning the short term of this season? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the Marlins have been uh, calling their, their you know, triple-A pitchers uh, up and, and sending them back down. So I, I think we could see Cabrera again this season. And, I mean, not an entirely encouraging start, but it's just one start. And, it, by the way, against the Nationals team, that, while it is definitely a stripped-down version of what it had been, hasn't been hitting badly lately. So I don't think you can look at this as, you know, Cabrera didn't blow them away and it was this really um you know really great matchup for him to take advantage of it was it was okay you'd like to see a little bit more swing and miss but uh that does not sour me on the the prospects um pun not intended there of uh being able to hopefully use Cabrera again sometime later on in the season and Josiah Gray uh just an absolutely dominant performance from him uh, Bailey Ober and Bryce Wilson both with good starts. Ober going five shutout innings, gave up four hits, struck out seven, walked one against the Red Sox. Wilson also five shutout innings, gave up two hits, struck out seven, walked two against the Diamondbacks. Either of these guys more than stream only for you? I think Bailey Ober is getting there. I've kind of been going back and forth in terms of my level of trust. I sat him for this one. Obviously, I regret it. Uh, but when you can have a good start against the Red Sox and take care of that really tough matchup, uh, that definitely makes me uh, a little bit more emboldened to start start him the next uh, time out or the time after that, uh, you know, regardless of who he's facing. Bryce Wilson, this is really more wait and see other than in deeper leagues, but definitely better performance since coming over to the Pirates. Another tough outing for Austin Gomber. This was in game one of the doubleheader with the Cubs. Gave up uh, five runs on seven hits and four and two-thirds innings, three homers. Did strike out eight, so it wasn't a total loss from a fantasy perspective, but definitely not what you were hoping for against this Cubs lineup. And over the last five, a 7-4-0 ERA across 20 and two-thirds innings for Austin Gomber. Maybe it's time to sit him down, Al? Uh, hard to say. Uh, I think he's still, for me, it's not an automatic thing. He's still, for me, in the discussion of um, being started next week. Uh, the, you know, the start was all right up until the fifth inning. So may, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair way to assess it, but you could definitely have seen a better outcome for Gomber. Uh, basically, just, you know, one bad pitch that, uh, you know, got taken advantage of. And uh, it's really gotten babbit over this uh, string of five starts that you just highlighted. So... The, the overall peripherals, still not bad for Gomber. I think if you're in a league that still hasn't had their trade deadline, there might even be a buy low opportunity here. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Thursday streamers, Al Eliezer-Hernandez gets the Nationals, Miles Michaelis at Pittsburgh. Brad Keller is at Seattle. Brett Anderson versus Cincinnati. Who are you prioritizing? By the way, all the streamers involved in games that have either a Gray or a Keller. Um, just thought I'd point that out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, really like Eliezer Hernandez here against the Nationals, as I just said a moment ago. I don't view this matchup as a gimme necessarily, but he's Eliezer Hernandez. Uh, if he's still somehow out there to be streamed, uh, I certainly like this a lot. And, um, you know, beyond that, uh, I actually, I really like Brad Keller. I, you know, I kind of woke up to him a few weeks back and then he had one or two not great outings. And then I, I sort of went back to sleep on him again, but it's a matchup at Seattle. We've talked a lot throughout the season about what a great matchup that is. And he's been more than good enough to take advantage of it. The, uh, the whiff rate has been up, uh, lately over his last eight starts, 11.2%. The overall results have been very good a 3.35 ERA with, with good ratios, pretty much all the way around. So, uh, I like this and he's He's got some decent matchups coming up the next couple of weeks, too. Uh, he's got uh, Cleveland. He's got Baltimore uh, in Baltimore. Um, so it might not just be a one and done for Brad Keller. So Hernandez and Keller, for sure. Michaelis at, Pitt, at Pittsburgh. Pretty good matchup there. Nothing wrong with that one. And Brett Anderson's just been steady. Just uh, probably comes up at the bottom of this list just because of a really tough matchup against the Reds. All right, and we wrap things up on Thursdays with the stock watch. Just time to talk about one player on each side. Uh, on the upside, Jake Meyer, 16 for his last 47 with three homers, 13 Ks, and one walk. Kyle Freeland, the guy who we'll dig into in his last 11, a 2.53 ERA, 61 Ks against 12 walks and 64 innings. Uh, Freeland resurgence, Al, it has been strong this season. Really, really good, and uh, he's taken it up a notch in the month of August. He is now in the top 10 for strikeout percentage and strikeout minus walk percentage among qualified starters this month. I did not see that coming. (laughs) So he had been doing really well in July, and he's taken it up a notch, and yet still, um, you know, as a committee, we're not really taking notice. I mean, he's widely, widely available, just 20% rostered both on ESPN and Yahoo, only a little bit higher, 26% on CBS. So just go out and get him. I I started him this week at the Dodgers. Um, and I'll regardless of what the outcome is, I'll stand by that. He's already had a good start against the Dodgers during this recent stretch, and um, he seems to be matchup proof right now. All right, on the downside, Cole Irvin has really struggled over his last three with a 5.79 ERA. ERA estimators above six and a half, just really looking ugly there. Cody Bellinger, the guy who I want to dig into a little bit, four for his last 33, eight strikeouts against no walks and no barrels in that time. Are you sitting him if you have the luxury to sit him? I would. I absolutely would. We talked about this a few weeks back, and if I remember it right, Michael, I think you were keeping the faith uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can certainly uh, understand that, that you know, perspective that if somebody has struggled, you know, Blake Snell, somebody struggled for months on end, uh, you, there's always the possibility they come and turn it around. But uh, Bellinger just continues to struggle, not, like you said, not taking walks, not hitting with authority. I see no reason to start him outside of pretty deep leagues at this point. 
All right, we are podcasting with authority. There is no doubt about that, and that wraps things up for Fantasy Baseball in 15 here on this Thursday. Rate, review, and subscribe. Please do all of that, and please join us again when we return on Friday. Friday.